moves all of us from one level to the next, from one season to the next. He's constantly preparing us and then promoting us, preparing us and promoting us. Uh, He's giving us more responsibility. Uh, You carry greater weight. He's constantly doing that. And any time God gets ready to move you out of one season into the next season, uh, which is the way he promotes you, Satan always comes up and gives you a temptation first. Before that season shifts, before that promotion takes place, before he moves you out of a funky, tough ah, season and moves you forward, Satan always comes along with a temptation to distract you, to derail you, to try to cause you to digress. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Every time. I'll give you one example uh, with Adam and Eve in the garden. Adam and Eve are fellowshipping with God. They're communing with God. They're talking with God. And just in a few more years, they're going to have some kids. They're going to introduce their kids to God. They're going to introduce them in the Garden of Eden. A promotion is coming up. Their sphere of influence is coming up. But they don't know it yet. They don't know it yet, but Satan does. Satan can smell a promotion in the air. Promotions always come from the spiritual world, and then they're manifested in the natural. But Satan operates in the spiritual world, so he can see there's a blessing coming. So I don't know about that. Oh, absolutely. Read the book of Daniel. Daniel started praying for a blessing. An angel is coming down out of heaven, coming out of heaven with a blessing. Satan sees the angel coming down to Daniel, intercepts the blessing, starts fighting with the angel to stop the angel from coming down. Daniel has no idea this is happening. He's still praying, dear God, having all the head games that you and I have. Are you hearing me? Are you making new stars? What are you doing up there? Are you going to help me? He has no idea. Satan can see a blessing coming. Satan could see that pretty soon Adam's sphere of influence is going to get broader. He comes up and he offers a substitute. Hey, if you eat this apple, you can be just like God. Offers a substitute. If you are taking notes, right, Satan is in the substitution business. He's constantly wanting to substitute what's coming with something right now. And here's another example. Abraham was promised a son, a son named Isaac. His wife was barren. She couldn't have kids. Well, for Abraham, God wasn't moving quickly enough. And so he hooked up with this young girl. Satan just sent this young girl into his tent. They end up having a baby named Ishmael. See, any time promotion is coming, Satan always intervenes 
to try to distract, derail, and discourage. Those are three D's that I think all of us uh, would do well to know that that's how hell operates. They distract, they discourage, they derail. Anytime you're getting distracted, anytime you're getting discouraged, anytime you feel like that you're getting derailed, these are all tactics from the enemy. The Bible says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. It's not your boss that you have a problem with. It's not your work associate that you have a problem with. It's not your neighbor that you have a, a problem with. It's the principalities that are behind the scenes that's trying to work everything out. And this is constantly taking place. So Jesus in Matthew chapter 3, we're going to start reading in chapter 4, but just to give you a background, Jesus has lived the first 30 years of his life relatively quiet, uh, minding his own business, just trying to be a good boy, learning how to swing the hammer, learning how to do carpentry. Now, when he turns 30, something happens. He decides now's the time. This is the time on the calendar. He walks up to John the Baptist. John the Baptist baptizes Jesus. Jesus comes out and there is this communion between Jesus and God. There's this connection. There's this prayer taking place. Now hell is ready. They're saying, now hold on a minute here. We were fine with Jesus staying home, minding his own business, working the carpentry business. We were fine with that. But now that you are starting to talk to God, now that you're starting to communicate with the creator of the universe, we need to go ahead and get involved now. And so here comes the troops. Here comes Satan. Here comes the troops because what's happening? Jesus is about to be promoted into the next season of their life. Well, now here they come, just like they did with Adam, just like they did with Abraham. Here they come. So they're coming for Jesus now. Now, something very interesting happens. Not only did Jesus make this initial step towards his next season, but God has ordained it. God, his father, stood in heaven and said, this is my boy. This is my boy in whom I'm well pleased. Now, let me just take a sidebar to all of you fathers in the room. I want to encourage you to look at your son and to look at your daughter as often as you can and express belief in them. Now you say, well, you know, my son is 40 years old. Call him up. Well, he lives in another country. Call him up. Shoot him an email. Send him a, a message by a pigeon. I don't know what you need to do. Send him a message on a regular basis because when a father says, son, I believe in you, Something happens to that child. They just, something happens. That's what took place. God just looked down and said, this is my boy. I mean, if you come to uh, Luke's baseball game, uh, he plays t-ball. If, if he even tips the ball in a foul ball, that's my boy. It, and it, he knows. That's all. I don't say Luke. I don't say Bubby. 
I say, that's my boy, because I know in his little tiny rib cage, she's, that's my boy. I went out to lunch uh, with a, a, uh, a doctor recently, and um, uh, I, I see his wife here, Lois, you got to fuss at him. Because I'm talking about him right now, so go tell him I'm talking about him. Uh, went out to, uh, and he's uh, he's um, uh, he's done well for himself. And I was asking about his story, and he said, "You know, I was 18 years old, and I was going on my prom in Houston. And at that time, the Hyatt Hotel had just been built. Uh, you know, the Hyatt Hotel is the one with the revolving restaurant that goes around it." He goes, in those days, it had just been built, and it was the biggest building in town. And uh, we were all excited about it, and so we were going to prom there. And I was walking into my bedroom to put my bow tie on. And my dad came walking in, and he said, Son, when you walk into the Hyatt this evening, look around. Because if you like it, you might buy it one day. And he walked out. Can you see what took place at that moment? A father walks into his son's room and says, Son, I believe you could buy that building one day. Do you see that seed that gets planted in there? Backs up and says, Maybe I will. He's not bought the building. He's done a lot of good things in his life. You send your son out with that kind of belief. My dad thinks I could buy the Hyatt Hotel. You, you start hearing that, and that's exactly what took place. God's, that's my boy. And so now hell is even more concerned. And so now we've got Jesus, who's got laser focus on doing what God's called him to do. His father has endorsed him, and now we get to chapter 4. And all of a sudden hell shows up with their sleeves rolled up. Watch this. Chapter 4, let's start reading, shall we? Here we go. Chapter 4, verse 4. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by to be tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. During that time, the devil came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. So when Satan came to Adam, he tempted him the same three ways that he's tempting Jesus. It's just Adam bombed. Jesus passed with flying colors. The great thing about this story is that Satan attacks you the exact same way. He can smell temptation. Those of you that you can't stand the season of life you're in, you just want it to change. Satan can tell the season's coming up. Shift is happening, and he shows up. Let me grab my my bag real quick here. Thank you so much. Um, When Satan shows up, uh, he shows up uh, with a, a bag of tricks. Now, He's been walking around with this bag since the Garden of Eden. Uh, This is his bag. You imagine Santa Claus with a big red bag? This is his bag. Every every time he's going to bring a temptation into your life, 
shows up with this back. Every time there's a season shift, he shows up with his back. And so the very first thing he does, if you're taking notes, is he begins to, uh, begins to uh, entice your flesh. Begins to entice your flesh. This is the very first thing he does. Now, uh, when he enticed Jesus' flesh, he looked at Jesus and he said, Hey, I know you're starving. Why don't you eat this bread? Now, when he entices your flesh, he doesn't do it that way. He does it with his little bag of tricks. Now, watch how he does this here. It's, it's very, very creative, but we figured him out. Okay, uh, what, what he does is, is that he compels, and some of you know this person, he compels people uh, to, to become Captain America. It just, yeah. Some of you are looking at me like, no, he doesn't. Oh, yeah, yeah. This exact mask. Absolutely. It's in the Bible. Kinda. <laughs> Captain America was the guy that, that looks around for things that are not right and he puts them in order. And, and what Satan does is, and maybe you know somebody like this. I don't know. But they get laser focused on pursuing God and, and, and drawing this line of from this moment forward, I'm, I got to work, I got to pay the bills, but I'm going to keep my eyes on God. About that time when a promotion shows up, Satan shows up and offers the mask. And, and you know when your friend is wearing the mask, when they are going to put people in their place. Oh, no, 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 that's not how you do that. No, 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 I can't, and see, when they were younger, it sounded like this. Oh, no, I know you just didn't. I know, I know you just didn't. You don't talk to me that way. I'll talk to you. Let, let me tell you something about your mama. They just go, just explode. Samson, Samson had this mask on. It just had an anger issue. Just out of nowhere, pop, boom. It just go off and tell people about themselves, uh, you're doing, rah, rah, and just going around telling people and fixing things and, and just one argument and fight after another. And, and of course, it's all in the name of they're doing it right and you're, they're doing it wrong and you're doing it right. And so you're going to make everybody around you start being right. Because I've got this mask on. Now that's none of us in this room. We're talking about the other people, right? It's, it's the mask. And, and so the enemy gets you to wear this mask. And next thing you know, you're, you're busy doing all this stuff. Because for that particular person, it's, that's the flesh. It's not bread. He doesn't do bread anymore. That was, that was so yesterday. <laughs> we don't do bread anymore. Now, but we're still going to mess with the flesh. 
We're still going to. And so, so we get the, the, the mask going. And, but then for some people, that, that's not really their thing. They don't really get off on, on exploding with, the, with all that. But, but, but it's just different. We're still going to mess with the flesh, though, because the, the flesh thing's been working. So, I, I, yeah. So, so what we got here is, is a trophy, okay? And this is Luke's trophy. Uh, this is his baseball trophy. And, and one of his favorite things in the whole world is to bring his friends in his room and show him the trophies. And you know what's so funny about that is, is when we get older, uh, we, we still like trophies, don't we? It, they're just not little league trophies, and, and, and this is really all we can see. This is all we can see is, is this trophy. Now, now uh, pursuing God and, and accepting this promotion that he has for us is important to us. But this is really all we can see. Because this is leverage of the faith. This is, this is his leverage. But, but then, but then, oh yeah, 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 yeah. We're going we're gonna to see what else we have here. Yes, sir. Oh, yes. Somebody just said, oh, Jesus. <laughs> what else do you have? Mary Poppins over here. What else does he have in that bag? I, I, can't, I can't see you, so I'm, I'm going to take this one off. But, uh, you know, it, this is, uh, if you, it, it, clearly we like superheroes in our house. But uh, let me just share with you. Uh, Thor is a superhero, but he's uh, every time a situation comes up, he he doesn't think through the options. He 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 doesn't pray about it too much. It's just very And so, uh, just to, to work this out, imagine just for a moment, it, this somebody comes to church or somebody's praying in their car all the way to work and, and Satan can see, oh my goodness, these prayers. See, some of you have figured out how to pray. You, you figured it out. You don't know it, but you have. And you're really good. You don't think you're good, but you're really good. What you have figured out is you can't quite figure out how to pray three hours in one day. And so that option is, is kind of off the table for now. Um, but what you have figured out is, is you're not going to go three hours without praying. And, and sometimes it's one sentence and sometimes it's two sentences and sometimes it's one word and sometimes it's three sentences. But this happens like 12 or 13 times a day. And, and you have made hell furious because when you pray, you unlock windows of heaven. You make them tremble. You cause other people's heart. When you, I feel like this is a prophetic word for somebody. When you pray for them and you just won't stop praying for them and you keep on praying for them. The Bible says that he turns a heart of stone into a heart of flesh. And you're really bothering hell with all this praying. And so they come up and they show up and they mess with you and, 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 and you just cause a reaction of, let me see if I can give you another illustration. I don't think that connected with you. I, I went to 24-hour uh, fitness three days ago. I had just got off work. I was still wearing work clothes. 
uh, I had my gym bag. I was walking to the locker, uh, the locker room to change. I'm texting on my phone as I'm walking. I already checked in. Now I'm walking to the locker room. And this guy comes walking right up to my face and stands there and looks at me. Clearly, we have a confrontation on our hands. Now, I grew up on the east side of Houston. I can usually smell these things coming. You know, when you walk into a bathroom, you're like, oh, I shouldn't have come in here. I just, I'm just going to walk out. You're walking down the hallway, and you see three or four guys, and you're like, oh, this is not good. You just learn to smell it after a while. You know what I mean? Uh, but I didn't even see this coming, you know, uh, this is here in the woodlands. We're all supposed to be like, you know, neighborly, you know, Mr. Rogers flipping our shoe upside down. Welcome, my neighbor, you know. <laughs> in my face. And this is not a testimony about when I was 13. This is three days ago, okay? You ever notice when someone has a testimony, it's all, oh, way back whenever I was before. Uh, no, three days ago. So this guy's in my face, and he's chewing on something. And so I'm looking at him. I said, what's up, dude? <laughs> and he goes, hey, man, I don't know where you're from, but in this country, you walk to the right. You know, I'm going to be real transparent right now, okay? <laughs> I think the last time I cussed someone out was easily when I was about 17, 18, 19. I think, I've, I think it was, one incident happened when I was 25, but that's another story. <laughs> I mean, it's been a long time. But I'm looking at this guy, and he's chewing his, this thing, and he's like, and I'm thinking to myself, man, everything's coming back to me real fast. <laughs> it's, it's almost like riding a bike, isn't it? It's like, you know, I, I, can, I can figure out how to do this. You know, Thor in the movies, whenever he's getting beat up, he can put his hand out like this. And his hammer, doesn't matter where it's at in the whole universe, it feels his hand, it's like, <gasps> It just starts flying to him. And so he can begin, bah, 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 bah. He's like, and all of a sudden the hammer just comes into his hands like, boom. I'm in 24-hour fitness and I feel. <laughs> so all this is happening. All this is, is, is all happening. And is, everything's going through my head. And, and I'm, I'm realizing, uh, I didn't realize this at the moment. I'll get back to the moment in a minute. But, but what happened, I was actually having a pretty good day that day. And all of a sudden, yippee-yay, here comes my little enemy from hell who won't leave me alone. Frankie, Celebration Church is doing pretty good. You guys got some momentum, huh? I got a little bag of tricks for you. Here, take this hammer. 
And boy, <laughs> thank you. I've been looking for that. <laughs> So I'm standing there, and of course he's got this hat on. His bill is flat. You know what I'm talking about? You've seen this? You know him. You know him. You know him. His bill is flat. I can put a golf ball on his bill, and he'll stay. Just, and he's got it down. And then this thought really does come to my mind. This guy has nothing to lose. I got a lot to lose. I have three kids, two dogs, and a job that is directly hinged on this moment right now. Imagine turning on the news. Celebration Church senior pastor. If you love Jesus, just repeat after me. You got nothing to lose. So sometimes he shows up with a hammer. Can I just, just so you don't think I got lost in this sermon. I'm still on point number one on how when Satan can smell a promotion, he shows up to poke and jab at your flesh. See, sometimes he doesn't show up with a Captain America, uh, this righteous thing. See, sometimes, let's see what he got. You know, I talked to a guy um, uh, at the men's fraternity last Sunday, last Saturday morning. Uh, we had an awesome fraternity meeting. And he told me that there's this guy in his office who pulls up pornography and invites him over to come see the girl that he pulled up. I'm like, seriously? Like, right in the middle? Of work? Is that in, I think there's something about that in the employee manual. Maybe it's not in the employee manual because there's some things you don't put in the manual because you just don't think anybody's that stupid. Do not pull up pornographic material and invite your work associate to come look at it. It's not really in there. For those of you that have children in the room, I sincerely apologize. But they are talking about a lot worse at school. So it's a good thing that they're hearing a preacher derail it. Can someone say amen? Amen. amen. So sometimes he'll show up with a remote control to cultivate that lust. Here, here's my, my very last one. Every once in a while, where's it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. You ever meet somebody who's got a big tongue? A big old tongue? Not literally, come on. <laughs> they just, they're always talking bad about somebody. I just want to say this for the record. If you ever talk to anybody and they Sorry. My tongue's getting in the way of my mouth. 
<laughs> Tweet that. Okay. <laughs> so, if you ever hear anybody talk bad about anybody, run. Run. Why? Because you're next. I don't care if they have a silver tongue and they've polished it. And so they disguise it by saying, I'm only telling you this because I want you to pray for me. Run! Sometimes they'll say it like this. I'm not talking bad about them. I'm just telling you what happened. Run! You're next! And this is always that the enemy comes up. And as soon as a person starts getting focused, here comes the hammer. Here comes the remote. Here comes the tongue. It's just constant. Everybody say number two. When enemy comes and he starts seeing in the air there's a promotion, the season that you want to finally change, it's about to take place. He starts saying, okay, look, if the first temptation didn't work, let me try the second. He looks at Jesus and he says to Jesus, he says, look, why don't you and I go up on top of this mountain? Why don't you jump off the mountain and watch the angels come and grab you and catch you? Watch God come through with you. And what is he doing at that point? He's messing with his faith. He's messing with his faith. He's enticing, point number two, he's enticing his faith. Anytime you begin to get focused, you can count. I did this illustration last week. Let me do it again. Toy, come on up here. Uh, come on up here real fast. You can count. I wasn't planning on doing it again, but it just feels right. Anytime you begin to focus, all right, I'm done messing around. God, I'm going to pursue you. I'm not going to be perfect, but I'm pursuing you. You can count on the enemy. I'm not really going to do it. Just, you can count on the enemy whispering in your ear to destroy your faith. He's got to, thank you, Toy. He's got to get you to Stop believing in God that he is not going to pull through. Now, I just feel the Holy Spirit right now kind of compelling me to, to tap this one topic, and so I'm going to go after it. Uh, some of us have had a disappointing season with God. You've prayed for God to do something in particular, and he didn't do it the way you prayed for him to do it. You still believe in him. You want to make sure you go to heaven. But the relationship and the faith has never been the same. So now the faith has been challenged. First he comes after your flesh. Then he comes after your faith. Let me say something real quick. Um, 
I'm going to do one last kind of silly illustration. Um, last year, I was in the CB&I triathlon, which is one of the top three dumbest things I've ever done in my life. <laughs> you know, when you're training for the triathlon, it's always a lot of fun because you get to play in the pool. <laughs> You know, you get in the pool, and you swim, and there's this black line. Some of you never noticed the black line at the pool, the YMCA or 24-Hour Fitness, but there's a black line. That black line is something that you don't even realize you fall in love with, but you do. There's just something about that black line. You can see it. It keeps you straight. It's so beautiful. You show up on the day of the race. Everybody's all excited taking pictures, gun goes off, you jump in the lake, there's no black line. (laughs) There's no black line. I I put my head up once and I was like almost in the weeds. (laughs) Everybody else, I'm like, "Ah, Jesus help me, I rebuke you water, Jesus help me. I can't see. <laughs> you, you know, it's so scary. Frankie, it's just water. No, 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 no. You can't see in the water. And the only thing I'm thinking about is that 1986 movie Jaws. I'm thinking there is just, there doesn't have to be a lot of sharks. It just takes one. One shark in Lake Woodlands. And so here I am. I got, then I, I hear the words of this person who means so much to me. His name is Chris Arthy. He moved to Doha. And he used to say to me, Frankie, when you hit those moments in life, just ask yourself this one question. What are you going to do? Quit? As a matter of fact, I am. (laughs) He goes, I've asked myself that question at least 50 times. What are you going to do? Quit? So here I am in the water, and I'm thinking, no, I'm not going to quit. Can I just say, some of you came today just to hear me ask you that question. What are you going to do? Quit? Is, is, that, is that the option you're entertaining? Just quit? So here I am in the water, and I'm thinking, I need to figure this thing out. One, two, three, four, look up. One, two, three, Four, look up. One, two, three, four, look up. Now, some of you might be saying, why do you got to look up? Well, if you don't, you end up in the weeds. You better look up. You, you, you got to learn how to go. One, two, three, four, look up. One, two, three, four, look up. One, two, three, four, look up. If you don't learn how to one, two, three, four, look up, your faith will get real thin. 
It'll get real thin. I mean, just going to share with you. He's been walking around with this bag. The season's almost over. He can smell it. it it's the promotion. You're almost out of it. it. Let's get our bag out. Let's go after the flesh. Let's make them mad. We know what happens when they get mad. I said, yeah, God, the whole, I don't know which God is real. Uh, I don't know the Muslims are real or if Christian, who says the Bible's real? Yeah, these are all legitimate questions. I'm not trying to insult you. But if you're going to think those thoughts, be intelligent enough to go dig them out. Don't just float around with those questions. I was talking with somebody the other day. I said, you can ask those questions so long as you're courageous enough to go get the answer. But you can't walk around for 40 years asking the same questions. You got to be courageous enough to dig a little bit. Open up a book. Go figure it out. Go ask yourself the question. What other God died for me? It doesn't take much to get statues made of yourself. It takes a whole big deal to go hang on a cross. Someone say amen. amen. Last and final point, number three. Number three is this, to avoid pain. We don't like pain. I'll say this. Anytime something happens in your life that makes you feel incredibly unsure, you think to yourself, I don't ever want to feel that again. And so you try to figure out how to avoid the whole situation. Now watch this. Jesus is standing in, on a mountain. Satan walks up to him and says, I will give you the whole world. But first, you need to bow down to me. So now watch Jesus here. I'm going to get the whole world. But the plan is, is I've got to go through disappointment. I've got to go through rejection. I've got to hang on a cross. I've got to be humiliated. Or I can skip all that and just go straight there. Avoid the pain. We don't respond well to pain, do we? Let me just say. Jesus had to choose. I'm not going to fight the process. If this is the process that you want, let's do it. Do you know what happened immediately after that? Angels showed up and began to encourage him and lift him up. You know what I want you to know? It does not matter. What curveball gets thrown your way or how painful it is, give God an opportunity to lift you up.